out of Oklahoma City. You're listening to the Good Trash Genre Cast, where movies are more than just 90 minutes in a bucket of popcorn. The Good Trash Genre Cast is a member of the Good Trash Media family. For more information, go to goodtrashmedia.com. And welcome again to the Good Trash Genre Cast. As the Shocktober train keeps rolling on, this week we have a bit of a uh, remove from our traditional picks, which are the films that will never find their way into a film study syllabus. And we're looking at my host pick, the French film Martyrs. I'm very, very excited to be talking about this with my illustrious co-hosts who need to identify themselves right now across the table. Who are you, sir? Hi, my name's Caleb Masters, and is this making you sn- sick? You smell that smell. Smells awful. Very, very good. Thank you very much for that, sir. To my right, who are you? Uh, hello, I am Dalton Stewart, and uh, Frenchy French, Frenchy French French, Frenchy French Stinky Cheese. Very, very good. Thank you very much. My name is Dustin Sells, and I want to encourage you to keep doubting, dear listener. I am so glad to be here with you all. That was good. Talking about the film Martyrs. Now, we need to warn you guys, this is not a review show. It's an analysis show. And I believe spoilers are a thing that could come into play with this particular film. I mean, it's especially... I, we, we talk about this every episode. We we're, we are an analysis show, which means we are going to spoil the movie. This is one of those films you cannot talk about without spoiling. I can't even promise you we're going to stay spoiler-free during the review section. Because it, it's that integral to the film is the content of the film. I would agree. We're going to try as hard as we can in that section, dear listener. Do but a tip through through the tulips and through the window. Uh, but I yeah can't make any promises. That's right. And also, um, Tiny Tim will be on the show later today. Oh, Arthur's not here. No one's going to sing with me. No, no one will. No one will at all. God, God bless us, everyone. God damn it. Um. So again, the reprieve will be. We'll tiptoe as much as possible in our review section when we play our game there are spoilers um, possible with the film in question also with other films so just be aware and uh, be forewarned and finally once we get down to business and do our analysis guys we will definitely definitely be spoiling heavily in that section so you have been warned therefore without any further ado we'll begin then with our synopsis our quick reviews and we'll get the show on the road so this week we'll have uh, the voice of the Dollar Theater once again, Mr. Dalton Stewart, giving the synopsis. <clears throat> Give me a moment. I have to get into character. Okay. A young woman's quest for revenge against the people who kidnapped and tormented her as a child leads her and a friend who is also a victim of child's abuse on a terrifying journey into a living hell of depravity. There is some truth to that. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to hear and excited to hear uh, your quick thumbs up, thumbs down reviews, guys. I'm going to go to you first, Dalton, because you were the least enthused about my selection. So I want to hear your words now, sir, and your apology, perhaps. Um, I'm not going to apologize to you. Um, <laughs> I never will. I will say that I am glad I watched this movie um, because I, I legitimately never would have gotten around to watching Martyrs. Uh, I, I am afraid of French extremity. Um, just in general, I, I will say, not as tough of a watch as I thought it would be. Um, That's nothing fair. I haven't seen before. Um, I think what makes this film a hard watch is the way in which the violence is shot, which is very different than what you would expect from a similar American film. Uh, it's worth noting this film recently received an American remake, which has been pretty uh, roundly tranced. I hear uh, it's terrible. Yeah, it's apparently not very good. Uh, this film is good. I-, I liked it a lot. I Let's rephrase that. I don't know if I liked it. I appreciated it a lot. I'm very glad that I've, uh, I've gotten around to seeing it because it is a film that I know I'm supposed to watch as somebody who likes film uh, and more specifically someone who really likes genre films uh, and horror films. I know I'm supposed to have seen this movie. So I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad I enjoyed the experience of having seen this. Uh, I think one of the things that works so well about this film is the way in which it shifts perspectives um, from the main character, Lucy, to the other main character, Anna. It it does so very skillfully um, and and kind of slowly. It doesn't do it all at once. It does kind of like about the halfway point of the film start to shift protagonists uh, almost. And it, it it does it very well, very, very cleanly and clearly. But not all at once. It does a really good job of slowly changing things. And 
you know, for a film that is very famous for its violence, I, I will say if you've seen any violent film, th- this is fine. You'll do okay. Uh, what might trouble you is the emotional impact of the violence, which I think the film does a really good job of of making sure it's it's always at the front of your mind, is, is the emotional weight and the emotional impact of violence. Um, it never feels cathartic. It never feels um, titillative. It, it never feels anything other than gross. Um, so I, I appreciated that uh, about the portrayal of violence in this film. Um, it's not for everybody. Um at all not even a little bit is this movie for everyone i think if you are a horror fan though if you are a fan of genre cinema i I wouldn't even recommend this to all people who are into film i want to be clear about that um but if you've been curious about the the new french extremity as i have for quite some time um this is a good way to get get into it um it makes me curious about some some of the the other films in that movement uh, out of france um that i think were kind of already at the tail end of i think it's kind of officially been declared to have more it's or less kind ended. of being in the peter out. yeah we're, yeah. we're, we're like uh it, it's like with american noir right around the mid 50s like we're, we're creeping up on the end of it um if we're not already there so uh, there's already a lot of films for you to digest and think about from this movement i think this is a great one to start with um i don't think i'm in a hurry to watch any uh more french extremity but i'm glad for it uh and I'm definitely it has piqued my interest, uh, to say the least. So, um, Dustin, while I will never apologize to you, thank you for making me watch this movie. Hey, Dalton, yeah. you're welcome. Mm. <laughs> All right, thank you very much for that, Mister Dalton Stewart, Mister Caleb Masters. What do you have to say in terms of your review? Uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of uh, concur what Dalton said uh, to the to the extent that this is not exactly an easy uh, animal to pin down. Uh, there's a genuine sense of how to. It has a genuine sense of how to make you feel. And I'm not just talking about movies that make you feel sad or make you feel upset or or even makes you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. I'm talking about the type of movie that strikes you at the very core uh, of who you are. Uh, and uh, w- in this film, strikes you at that core with a sense of hopelessness um, and uh, really has you wondering why anything exists that's the kind of movie you're in for now it it crafts a a nihilistic story and then leaves you kind of just leaves you there are there places in cinema for nihilist films we've talked about some of those american psycho is a great one uh you can look at fargo there will be blood there are movies that and, and they leave the audience on a note of hopelessness but they always do so to leave you with a clear critique of the world and the characters are living in and of course by an extension the same one world the same world we're living in uh, Martyrs is doing a similar thing, though I don't think the film is really saying a whole lot more other than that torture and suffering is meaningless, with maybe a little bit of a tease at the bourgeoisie in there that I don't think it follows through on. Uh, it hints at those criticisms, but I, I really just never quite understood what the film was trying to get at with it. Uh, yes, it's artful, highly effective. Um, the, the scenes of excessive uh, torture, highly effective. Um but I guess the thing is, I, I don't really understand why anyone would need to experience experience this. Is it is it therapeutic? Is it is it cathartic? I'm really at a loss why anyone should subject themselves to this film. Even though I do agree, this is artfully made. It's well crafted, um, and it, highly effective. So you have a hard time recommending it. Absolutely, okay. to anybody, to, it, literally anyone, to anyone. <laughs> That that's fair, and I think this is a film of I, limited I think viewership. You make a, a really good point about the violence in this film, Caleb. Not not about making you feel it. You thought about it a little bit differently than I did, but I think you make a really good point about how the, this film makes you feel every ounce of it. it not, and not not the not the physical pain of the violence, mm-hmm. but the, the toll of the violence. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think you make a really good point, it, man. It's it's deep and it's visceral. And this is the thing: this is not the goriest film I've ever seen. It's not. It's no, just, it's just it's, not it's, at it's all. Really not Which at is all. weird because that's what I was expecting, right? But it hit me on a level far deeper than than torture porn or spatter films that, yeah that a- absolutely absolutely all right all right fuckhead um your shitting grin uh dustin mr cells uh pops talk talk about this film for me okay so i recommend this film because i only saw it in parts i took a class in contemporary french cinema and we had a, a section on the uh, new french extremity and uh, this was a film that we watched in bits there was another film that we watched in total 
uh, for our regular screenings for the class. And I wanted to take a look at it in, in, in a greater depth. And I do think it's a great exemplar of what we're talking about when we're talking about the new French extremity. And uh, part of my motivation for the recommend is because we are in the month of Shocktober. And it is um, upon me, I think, you know, just, you know, self-imposed, I suppose. But to to talk about those kinds of things that are sort of off the beaten path, that are sort of important, that are in, 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 that inform uh, the overall genre. And I think this film does all of those things. And it's able to do a thing um, that a movie like Hostel or uh, even the Saw films are unable to do, which is to really, really actively engage in contemporary culture and uh, sort of the uh, contemporary milieu. Although Saw tries more uh, I would say Juan has got some awareness but it's much more mainstream in its well, approach especially right around part three I mean yeah it really goes well, up there's the actually those films like the, the sixth one actually tries tries to say something about healthcare in the sixth one so mm. yeah exactly so again way more mainstream and on the nose about, yeah about its criticism yeah. I mean yeah this is not a film despite all the scenes of uh, spoon feeding. This film is not going to spoon feed you a fucking second of That's anything correct. at all. And they're, they're very, very uncomfortable spoon feeding. That I legitimately gagged, uh, and not because of the violence, just because it's gross. Watching somebody get force fed is really gross. Some puke green um, sludge. Yeah, baby food. Yeah, uh, it's, nasty. it's nasty. Um, yeah, that was unpleasant for me to watch. That that of all the goddamn things in this movie was the thing that I had a hard time with. I wanted to to uh, Dustin once again say thank you because. We are going to be watching two heavy hitters uh, to close out Shocktober. Um, but I, th I think that's something we really do try to do at least once or twice, uh, you know, because Shocktober is about the only time during the year that we do discuss horror films. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that that's something we, we strive to do here at Good Trash Honor Cast is at least once or twice uh, during this, this month of horror is give you a couple films you might not have seen. Uh, we, we try to do that with The Pact and with Pontypool and Stakeland. Uh, we, we try to find some things that are a little off the beaten path for you that, you know, yes, we, we, we tap our, uh, you know, tap our head, <clears throat> excuse me. Yes, we tip our hats to uh, some independent endeavors uh, like The Guest uh, or The House of the Devil or even earlier, uh, just last week, uh, It Follows. But those are films that are, are really do have kind of a, a following. Uh, mm -hmm. we, <laughs> ha! It, it, pe you know, people are aware of those films and have probably seen those films. So th this is a little bit off the beaten path, and I'm, I'm glad for it. Right. And it, I mean, not just because it's foreign language, but it is also a, a sort of a massive movement going on right now in cinema. And I think it's a good exemplar of what's going on there. And it's it's able to use its artfulness and it's able to have this dialogue with this sort of quote unquote quote, uh, genre of torture porn uh, that is different than that. Because, on, as you guys said, the violence is not more extreme than things that you've seen before. And uh, frankly, it's uh, in some ways it's very, very clinical uh, the way that it's approached. Uh, well, I think that's part of what makes it so difficult. Yeah, it is is the the clinical cleanness of the violence. Yes, and and you know another name Guy Austin uh, has given to this uh, genre is uh, the core du uh, or excuse me cinema du corps, which is the cinema of the body. And it's it's a way to uh, it's it's a way it's a, a way to uh, engage us in an intellectual way that also engages us bodily, viscerally, as human beings, and so uh, it does all of those things. And for that reason alone, I think it's fun. I think it's a lot of fun. I think the the, the actresses do a great job. I think oh, the performances wonderful. are outstanding. Yeah. I think all the Carl Theodore Dreyer and uh, um, the uh, Passion of Joan of Arc is all over this film. So it's got sort of this uh, cinephile's pedigree. Uh, working for it, and it's you know it's it's very very good. Do I like it? No. Do I appreciate it? Yes. And uh, that's the words I would say about that. So thank you very much for those uh, reviews, dear co-hosts. I think now though, as I look upon my watch, it's just maybe time to play the game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. This week's game is our favorite cinema female duos. That's right, favorite cinematic female teams and duos brought to you by Marders. Marders. My phone kept trying to change it to Marty's. Is this a Back to the Future game crossover? Is that what I'm hearing, Marty's? No, no. We weekend at Marty's? Marty, we need 1.21 gigawatts of human pain and suffering. 
Marty's. You're never going to get back to the future. Weekend at Marty's, where Marty is dead. Oh, and- <laughs> right. Yes. It's <laughs> the Back to the Future sequel you didn't know you wanted for <laughs> that, Halloween. We all need this. It, it's got a little bit of um, Survival Man or Swiss Army Man. Have what is the movie? Swiss, Swiss Army, Army Man. Man. Have yeah. you seen back to, uh, Weekend at Bernie's Part 2? I have not seen Part 2. No, wait, there's a Part 2. There's a Part 2. Oh, he, gets, no. uh, he, he gets voodoo. Uh, he, he gets awakened with voodoo, and he like dances <laughs> around everywhere. No. It's fucking great. It's great. No. Oh, it's wonderful. Okay, guys, I'm excited to hear your favorite cinematic female duos. I'll go to you first, Caleb Masters. What do you got to say? Yeah, uh, just a couple of quick ones. So, firstly, first and foremost, I want to say, one, we need more lady duos, because upon researching this, I was like, whoa, there's way fewer than I thought. Uh, but one that came up to mind that I was really excited about was Corky and Violent from Bound. That's right. That is Bound, the Wachowski's <laughs> first film before they did The Matrix. Um, great chemistry. Both under crazy underrated actresses. I kind of wish they both had gotten more work later. Yeah, and then Gina, Gina Gershon and uh, Jennifer Tiller are fucking great. They yeah. really are. Uh, and it, it's a little sad they didn't get more work. But yeah, I mean, uh, great chemistry between the two of them. And uh, jumping ahead to something a little more contemporary, I guess you could say. Uh, you gotta look at Baby Mama. You gotta look at Sisters. Uh, right now, the power, the, the girlfriend power couple is Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. They're so great. And I mean, they host the, the Golden Globes. They're, they're little uh, SNL-style spoofs. It's all, it's all gold. They, they've both appeared out, appeared rather in the past tense on each other's NBC shows. Yeah, they're they're wonderful. Yes. I mean I mean as as of right now I just don't think the, currently working that's like the best woman duo I'd say. It was comedy duo. All right, well thank you very much for that Mr. Caleb Masters, Mr. Dalton Stewart. What are your selections? Okay. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I mentioned weirdly enough uh, at brunch this morning that I like this film quite a bit and uh, we just have been thinking about it all day now. Um, I adore the film Fried Green Tomatoes. Uh, Fine. Yes. I know who I am. Uh, I like this movie a lot, actually. But th- it's it's great because you get uh, two separate pairs of female duos. You get Kathy Bates and Jessica Tandy, and then you have Mary Stuart Masterson and Mary Louise Parker. Um, it, it's a great film uh, about female friendship and, in the subtext, female love, uh, romantic female love. Um, it's great. Uh, I think it's a really underrated film that uh, gets kind of lumped in with Steel Magnolias uh, and other uh, weeping movies about white women, um, which doesn't mean it's a bad movie. I I, I don't know. Uh, I think films like this from, from the late 80s and early 90s have a, a bad rap, uh, I, and I'm not really sure why, but I, I, I dig this movie a lot uh, because it, not only for the, the really kind of complex... Uh, emotions on display, but also for the the really wonderful pairings of of two sets of female friends. Um, next, I want to give some love to uh, a film that was very formative for me, uh, and that is Ghost World from two thousand one. Uh, that being the pairing of Scarlett Johansson and Thora Birch as Rebecca and Enid. Uh, I dig that movie so fucking much. Uh, it's a wonderful film uh, that. 15-year-old Dalton liked for both the wrong reasons and the right reasons, weirdly enough. Uh, yes, I was that 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 awake uh, as far as film goes uh, when I was a young man. Uh, although, yes, both of them did it for me in a big way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have a type. Uh, it's a great film, though. If you have not caught up with Ghost World, I cannot more strongly recommend it. I think it's a wonderful film. Uh, and finally, I'm going for a female team, uh, and that is the women of Chicago, uh, led by Teona Paris in Spike Lee's Chirac, which is a film that I don't think enough people saw because uh, Spike Lee doesn't have a lot of goodwill uh, of late because he made a bunch of shitty movies in a row uh, between Inside Man and this. Um, and I wouldn't even say shitty. I just, they're lesser. Uh, the man who may do the right thing has set a very high bar for himself, so... You know, I, I think 20, uh, 25th Hour doesn't get enough love. I think there's a lot of later days. Actually, 25th Hour is before Inside Man, so never mind. I do recommend The Sweet Blood of Jesus. I know you like The Sweet Blood of Jesus. Uh, I've really heard some good things about uh, Red Hook Summer and Miracle at St. Anna. Um, I, I, You know, Spike's a, a really talented filmmaker, and I, I, I think because his early work is so strong... And so daring um, and powerful. I mean, you know, films like uh, Mo Betta Blues and M- Malcolm X and, of course, Do the Right Thing. And, and even later into the 90s with films like He Got Game. Uh, I mean, those pairings with Denzel are some of the best work either of them have ever done. So, I mean, some of the best American films ever made. Um, so so you've got to give Spike his due. And Chirac, I, I, I love. I think it's it's funny. Um, it's moving. It, it's a powerful film. Um, and I, I really think more people should check it out. Uh, so... Those are my picks for favorite female, cinematic female duos and teams. 
Very, very good. Thank you very much. Uh, one of mine is a host pick from the past. I do love me some Meryl Streep. I do love me some Goldie Hawn. Uh, together in Death Becomes Her, they are antagonists who later become sort of uh, undesirable uh partners uh in life and in crime and it's just delightful it's a funny movie yeah, it is a funny movie and does not get nearly enough love but um also i'm just going to name the obvious one uh to round it out and that's uh thelma and louise of thelma and louise uh it's a fun movie get that naked brad pitt yeah we, there's also the naked brad pitt that's like the bonus prize right yeah there. yeah uh, Gina Davis, though, and Susan Sarandon are their own treats, though. They're I wonderful. Would, no, yeah. they're amazing. They're and, some of the best human. I every time Gina Davis shows up in something, I'm gleeful. She shows up very briefly in in a world, uh, and I was ecstatic. Yeah, Susan Sarandon too. Like she just doesn't get quite the quality. She's doing. She I don't know. She shows up work. in a lot of stuff. Gina yeah. Davis hardly shows up in anything anymore. Yeah. Uh, to give some love to teams, though, as um, Dalton has sort of opened up the possibilities of this category, I do want to mention the a, a team of women who are playing baseball. Um, and there's no Uh-oh. crying Speaking in baseball. Of Gina Davis. Speaking of Gina Davis, Fuck, yes, yes, a league of their own. Yes. Uh, with Gina Davis, Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna, Madonna yes. for crying out loud. And Madonna uh, is such a great movie. Madonna great is the sex in that movie. She God is. God damn it. <laughs> she <laughs> is. <laughs> Whew. Uh, what a great movie! I love, I know, I love that movie. I think it's, it's so much it's fun. A charm, it is a completely charming film. I, I love it. I love Tom Hanks. I love Gina. Gina Davis is the shit in that movie. Yeah, she is. Oh man, she's got massive brass ovaries in that movie, and I love it. Yep. So, um, like those very much, dear listener, we'd love to hear uh, your thoughts. I think there's a lot of room open uh, for suggestions, and so we'd like to hear that all from you all via those magical means we all know as social media. Speaking of social media, there is um, uh, some social media that we use, and uh, there's some available uh, avenues for you to have a conversation with us. Caleb, can you speak some words about that? Yeah, absolutely, Dustin. Appreciate that. You can head on over to, if you want to talk about your favorite uh, duos or teams of female heroines, you can head on over to facebook.com slash goodtrashmedia. Hit us up in the comments. Comment on the post uh, the com- the post for this episode. Um, or go ahead and give us your thoughts on Martyrs as well. We want to continue the conversation. We want to talk. Give us a like. Share us with your friends. Uh, invite your friends to the page. Give us a like so we can all talk about movies like Martyrs together. Uh, and, of course, if you want to help contribute to us uh, you know, uh, monetarily, uh, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash GTM. Thank you very much for that. Dalton, I believe there's yet a media left. What is it? It plugs the social media whenever it's told. Um, yeah, we're on Twitter. Uh, we are on Twitter at good underscore trash. That is where you can find all of the content created and brought to you by Good Trash Media, um, both this show and our, our various spinoffs. Um, so if you are curious about those shows, we always uh, post uh, on there when the, the episodes have gone live on the website. Uh, we, we try to share interesting things about film from around the world and around the Internet. Um, so, again, that is at good underscore trash. And finally, please, 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 um, you don't have to give us money. You know, if you really want to, you can. It's okay if you you know, if that's not feasible for you, we get it. This is a free show. It always has been. It always will be. We do not want your money. If you want to give it to us, thank you. Uh, but one of the biggest ways you can help us out is going to iTunes and rating and reviewing us. It seriously helps more than you will ever possibly know. So please, 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 please. You're probably listening to this on an Apple device right now. Fucking do the thing. Win the points. Give me dim stars, dude. Excellent. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Now we're going to take just a moment, though, and hear a word from our sponsors. Give me that money! That chill running up and down your spine isn't your imagination. It's Loot Crate's October theme, horror. We're taking over 40 years of creepy, campy, bloody icons and putting them in this month's crate. Channel your best final girl with items from The Walking Dead, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Halloween. You have until the 19th of October at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. Make sure to head to www.lootcrate.com forward slash good trash and enter code good trash one word 
to save $3 off of any new subscription today. Very, very good. I think, guys, it's time to get down to business. That's right, dear listener, and that business in question is analysis. I am so excited to hear the analysis my co-hosts have brought forth. Mr. Dalton Stewart, what analysis have you brought, sir? Well, so let's just talk about what this film is about real quick. So if if you have uh, been glad we avoided spoilers to this point, fuck off now because I'm about to spoil the whole thing. Uh, So when Lucy was a a wee child, she was kidnapped, uh, she was held hostage and beaten and abused uh through uh, just really horrific physical violence um escapes uh goes and murders the family that the two people that did this to her and their family um well it turns out she was held hostage by some sort of um mk ultra esque uh cabal um of shady ass rich white people um and they are trying to get the answers to the afterlife by subjecting young women to physical pain uh, because apparently women are the most subject... uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? Easily susceptible? Thank you. Susceptible was exactly the word I was looking for. Apparently young women, they have found, are the most susceptible to this state of transcendence that they think they can find, which definitely, this being a French film, feels like... um, They they never mentioned Joan of Arc uh, because they are explicitly referencing... Um, non-religious people who have had this experience or people from non-Christian backgrounds who have had this transcendent experience. Um, but but that is the idea, that th- there is an a-religious thing, a, a, some sort of secular uh, post-consciousness, uh, post-living world transcendence that uh, can be reached through terrible pain, and that is what they are trying to replicate. Uh, and that is something that, by the end of the film, uh, Anna finds this higher plane of existence and enlightenment uh, and when the mademoiselle who runs this uh, cabal asks her, uh, the knowledge is too great or too terrible, and she tells her uh, her manservant to keep doubting uh, what comes next and puts a pistol in her mouth. Um, and then we see a final shot of Anna uh, transfixed on whatever it is that is after this. Um, what I find really interesting about this film, number one, um, there is no sexual violence, which I really appreciated. Uh, when I was going into this film, knowing what I know about the New French Extremity, I know sexual violence is a really big component of it. Um, and it's not something that I... I I'm, I'm not somebody who thinks that you can't tell stories about that and you can't show that on screen, but I am leery of it always. I, I'm always uh, questioning whether or not we have to do it, and I'm glad Martyrs makes a point of mentioning that this, at the very beginning of the film, that Lucy was not raped while she was kidnapped. Um, and it becomes very clear, this is the most clinical and dispassionate violence you could ever see. The beatings are almost rote um, and boring for the people who are carrying them out. There, There is no... And again, passion was the only word that came to mind, so don't misunderstand what I, I'm saying when I use that word. Uh, when I'm talking about a lack of when I'm talking about a lack of sexual violence and a lack of passion, I understand that those two are very much not the same thing. I'm just it's the only word that came to mind, so bear with me. Uh, but I, I think it's very interesting that the violence is so clinical and cold because it takes uh, what is a, a, a spiritual pursuit and does very much take it into the world of the the scientific and the clinical, which I find very interesting. Um, what I I love so much about this film for me is that it, it seems to say something very interesting about proselytizing and about trying to convert people to your way of thinking. Uh, whatever that, you know, proselytizing, having a religious connotation, that's not really what I mean because as far as we can tell, this group is a, a religious. They're non-religious uh, in any real capacity other than they, they are spiritually seeking. Uh, it's kind of a, you know, a, a postmodern type of spiritualism that they're seeking out. And what happens to these people is they realize that they're fucking assholes i i think uh this film really does seem to throw some shade on anybody who thinks they can turn somebody to their way of thinking um and and i really appreciate anything that has the message of don't make people do things for you and that's the thing that i found most troubling and most frustrating about this group is none of them are willing to do it themselves None of them are willing to try and find somebody who wants to. They, they are subjected. You can't make people go on a spiritual journey. You, it's not 
for you to decide, asshole. <laughs> and that was something I found so flummoxing throughout this film. Uh, and again, I, I think that's the point, is you were supposed to be enraged by this, but it really frustrated me in that last third of the movie. Um, like, yes, even if she does reach some sort of transcendence, she did it, not you. You facilitated it without her permission, but it's not for you. And I, I that's what I like to think that... Um, this was mentioned, the Faculty of Horror recently did an episode uh, on the new French extremity, uh, Alex West, uh, who we talked uh, to on my show, The People's History of Film, um, has a new book about the new French extremity that she just released, so her and her co-host over at Faculty of Horror, Andrea, talked about this film, um, and very very smartly so, and um, they both agreed that, and I, I tend to agree with them, uh, that Anna probably says something to the Mademoiselle to the effect of, oh yeah, there's something, and it's not for you. You don't get to go there. Uh, bye. Um, which I, I find really, really powerful is that uh, there seems to be an obsession with the afterlife for, for people who try to force their opinions and views on people. And again, my, my background is Judeo-Christian, but I, I'm not trying to pigeonhole or point them out in any capacity here. I'm just saying that there does seem to be an obsession with uh, the afterlife for people who have a tendency to want to convert other people. And I think it's interesting that the the Spanish Inquisition doesn't get to go to heaven, basically, is the message of this film. Um, if you spent your life trying to force your beliefs on other people, um, transcendence is not for you. You missed the point. You missed the point of non-binary living. You missed the point of uh, a higher power. Also, wouldn't it have been a lot easier for them to all just drop acid? What's, what's the pain got to do with it, man? Why does that matter? There are much easier ways to see through the other side of the curtain, dude. And it's very frustrating. And I, I think it is also saying something about the Western European, about the the, the quote-unquote civilized West's obsession with pain and obsession with violence. And this is something that goes all the way back to the Spanish Inquisition and goes up through uh, the uh, Salem Witch Trials. Um, there is an obsession with inflicting pain specifically on young women. And I really like that this film fucking takes that idea to task. Uh, it really questions that. It really interrogates that. And really, at the end of the day, says, if you have spent your life trying to control other people, you are a bad person. And whatever sort of enlightenment is out there isn't for you because you missed the point. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Dalton Stewart. I appreciate that. And more on that anon. Mr. Caleb Masters, what say you? Yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about why what separates this film from torture porn. Because as we've talked about, this film uh, uses many tools uh, to create this dark, bleak, and hopeless atmosphere. Uh, you, you know, at a certain for me, at a certain point in the movie, there was uh, actually so much death, bloodshed, and despair that uh, the, the tactics were almost rendered somewhat... Uh, not less effective, um, but the movie uses these tactics nonetheless. It's definitely one of the most horrifying gunshots I've ever seen. Oh in a yeah, movie. that's several gunshots that Ooh. are quite disturbing. Or when the girl slits her own throat. Yeah, the, that's, uh... I'll tell you what the the wrist slitting from shoulder to hand was really the only thing that I found particularly un unbearable and yeah, impossible it's, to watch. It's hard to watch, yeah. Uh, but today I'm going to talk about why this movie, despite all of the use of violence, is not a torture porn. Uh, film and what separates it from the likes of the Human Centipede or the Devil's Rejects films of that uh, of that nature. Uh, now, torture porn uh, is not actually like some f sort of defined genre. It's more like a loosely used uh, subgenre uh, that's been referred to by George Romero as like a, like a spatter film, and it's uh, rooted in the exploitation films of the 1930s and 40s. Uh, now, these are films that use drugs, violence, and sex as a means to elicit a response from the viewers. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it starts in those those thirty uh, those pre Hayes Code films of the 1930s, but yeah, it goes all right. the way up to the what you think of when you think of the the 70s uh, exploitation films uh, uh of the drive-in ilk that yeah you're, you're thinking of yeah definitely like it's it definitely stems from that that kind of uh genre uh now uh the, the subgenre almost always features a protagonist who are they're trapped and they are at the mercy of the antagonist almost always with no real hope of escape 
Uh, these, you know, like, like you said, these films have existed through exploitation films, and even the air quotes torture porn genre exists with 1980s films like Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, but it was only recently, uh, in the 21st century, most popular. They become most popular between the years 2003 and 2010, uh, which was kind of this huge resurgence in the mainstream uh, through films like Ichi and the Killer and High Tension uh, from foreign cinema, uh, and then eventually we even got films like Hostel, the, the Saw franchise, and The Hills Have Eyes. The- the, specifically the uh, remake, remake. Yeah. Um, by, if I'm not mistaken, Alexander Aja, who directed the High Tension, uh, mm-hmm. the, which is part of that new French extremity that we've mm-hmm. been talking about. Yes. Okay, that's what I yeah, thought. Yeah, they're all tied. These all kind of came out. In and, it's weird. and I think that's why it's so easy for people to lump films like Martyrs into that subgenre. Exactly. It, well, because it's, it's writing that way, right? Like it's they're, writing, all happening, they're all happening co- at the same con- time. Concurrently with each other, and they're, yeah. and they're borrowing some things from each other to, to, to lesser degrees, well, I think. Well, the, the director of Martyrs specifically cited Hostel as an inspiration for making this film. Yes. Uh, now, uh, Martyrs does have all of the trappings of a torture porn film. The, the premise, obviously, it's a woman being held captive. She can't escape. A lot of the same trappings uh, of that subgenre. Um, but the major separation is, as we've said, the way it uses those tacu- tactics to articulate their ideas. Uh, torture, porn, and spider films are usually fetishizing uh, the violence, and it lingers in the excess of the violence. Martyrs doesn't do that. And it is, it's, it's a graphic movie, but it is more tasteful in its portrayal. Uh, and the shock and awe is a lot more psychological. Like I said in my review, it, it, it feels deep deeply uh so if we can't classify martyrs as a torture porn then where do we place this film well as you said in your review and i'm sure you'll elaborate on this film is like you said part of the new french extremity movement what is the the new french extremity movement it's a a movement that's rooted in art house and horror and it acts as a crossover between the sexual decadence uh, bestial violence and troubling psychosis these are all things that are are, they're huge They're, they're integral to what makes this genre the subgenre work uh, Martyrs falls in line with this movement in filmmaking, and not only uh, is it not a torture porn, but I think it's actually subverting uh, the torture porn by forcing its audience to wrestle with the hopelessness and the pointlessness of the violence uh, being portrayed on the screen. Yes, Martyrs is for unforgiving and relentless in, in its portrayal of violence, and yes, the film still includes ma- a mass murder, uh, a woman slitting her own wrist, a woman beating another woman to death with a hammer, a woman having her head blown clean off with a shotgun, and of course we can't forget a woman being flayed alive at the end of the film. Yes, this movie hates you, and it wants you to feel awful, but unlike exploitation or spatter films, Martyrs is actually an execution in French extremity filmmaking that not only subverts the genre, but is actually having us as viewers question our own morality, our own existence, and also poking, kind of twisting the knife, uh, uh, or, sorry, Actually, sticking its uh, finger in the eye to the bourgeoisie. It's yeah, it, it does something very interesting. There, there is some definitely some class components going on with the secret society. Uh, I think you make a really good point, Caleb, that it interrogates uh, the viewer's complacency uh, and complicitness in being uh, witness to this violence. Uh, ooh, witness, just like the uh, root of the word martyr. Okay, I'm done talking. Dustin, my good man. Lay it on us. What do you think about when you think about this film? Do let us begin peeing with in a bucket. The uh, <laughs> is that it? Is it peeing in a bucket? It's not peeing in a bucket. It's not peeing. The in a bucket. the, the root of the word martyr actually, which yeah, is, give me some of that good. Give me some of that Greek. Well, it's Greek martyr raw, uh, which is you know um, not not a far cry from the English, and it does not necessarily mean those who die for their beliefs. It means the witness. That this film is about witnesses, and that in witnessing, that there is some sort of transcendent experience. Uh, this film uh, uses, uh, again, it's part of the New French Extremity, or again, as Guy Austin calls it, the cinéma du corps, which is the cinema of the body, uh, talking about the idea of witnessing in film for transcendent experience. In horror overall, uh, since 1978-ish, there are cases before that and uh, again a great number of uh, cases that happened towards the mid 80s we have uh, this situation in which we witness a moment of transcendence in which a chaste in which a uh, virtuous young lady survives uh, the attacks of another madman uh, the tortures of another madman she's made to suffer as it says in Cabin in the Woods which is for the meta-apathiosis of this idea 
this idea that we by watching these women suffer heroically and by uh, somehow arriving victoriously at the other side of it, we are now somehow able to uh, participate in some sense in their transcendence. And this film is absolutely turning that notion up on its head. It opens up with uh, something that's very, very stylized. The first half of the film, and we haven't talked about this very much, how it's basically two separate films. Um, For me, you know, I hear that a lot when people talk about this film. For me, the two halves fit so well together as a whole. I don't really see that aspect. I get why people say that. But for me, the, they they rely on each other, so one half does not exist without the other. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're absolutely dependent but upon one another. there is certainly a shift in the way the film is being shot and told. Yeah, well, the, in the first half, there's, I don't know, there is that moment at the end of the, the first half, right, when her, what, what's uh, Lucy's friend, is it Lucy killed herself, right? Yeah, Lucy Lucy's is the one Anna. Well, when Lucy kills herself, you know, that... For me, that, that that could have been. I mean, obviously, we know that the movie runs on, but that that, that could have been the end of the movie. Like, like the way the, 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 the camera lingers there, it really could have been like a short film. And it's weird because it's so it's it's really broken into several parts. We've get this prologue of them as children. Yeah. We have Lucy murdering the family, uh, and then as Anna shows up, the film slowly shifts to Anna's perspective until Lucy kills herself, uh, and then it's kind of Anna's film. Uh, she finds the other martyr in the basement. Um, and until the the hierarchy of this cult shows up, it's one movie. And then when they show up and Anna ends up in the basement, it turns into a, another section of the film. But again, I think they all of these sections are interlocked so tightly. Absolutely. And they're so well paced. That for me, I, I get why people say that, but I don't really feel that way. Right? No, no, I, no, I do, I do. But uh, I would make a distinction between them insofar as the first half of the film is an examination of the real effects of torture. That uh, what we have there, although it's very stylized and it's very, very fast paced, the editing is very, very quick, and we see this sort of revenge narrative being played out, where again Lucy is taking out her vengeance against the family that tortured her. We are also seeing the feral woman, her mm-hmm. hallucinations. That 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 sort of torture damages a person. That it, that it, that it is a absolutely. Uh, massively effective and uh, a lifelong struggle of uh, of a need for victory and deliverance uh, over that sort of suffering. And the, the way that that sequence is shot, the the killing of the family is so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also gruesome. Um, I think it does something very interesting that you see in some action films to illustrate how quickly violence can escalate. In this film, it shows you how quickly violence happens, but then the house is a fucking horror show i mean there is blood everywhere you can't just run around shooting a firearm off and indoors uh it's gross Mm -hmm. it's bad it's no good uh and you see that this this film does a really good job of illustrating the consequences of violence i think in a really interesting way in that sequence Right, and in that sequence, what we see is that if we actually have a woman survive that sort of violence that you might find in an 80s slasher film, uh, they are going to wrestle with those events for the rest of their life. They're not going to be as well-adjusted as a Sidney Prescott might be <laughs> in uh, the Scream series, um, who is sort of uh, you know the, the final girl par excellence as uh, that, that, again, that sort of genre reaches apotheosis. That these are going to be broken people uh, just because of their humanness. And then we move on to the systematic torturing of a woman which is exactly what these films do in order to find again this sort of transcendent moment in order to sort of connect with whatever reality that these people connected with what the horror slasher genre tries to do is an attempt to put up a Joan of Arc sort of martyr uh, sort of person who who suffers boldly and bravely and makes it on the other side and sees something that's there. And as you said, Dalton, it is not for us whatever that person retains. And frankly, um, if you're the kind of person that perpetuates that sort of torture, that sort of minimization of a human being um, in order to find some form of transcendence, you might as well stick a gun in your mouth and shoot yourself. Go fuck yourself. Go and, fuck yourself. Which has a greater extent in, in terms of the search for truth via torture. That's right, guys. I'm talking about waterboarding now. Oh! Uh, 
I thought you were talking about how uh, making people do things they don't want to do is a torture in and of itself, even if it's not explicitly violent. Well, there is that also, and I would totally, I totally agree with that yeah. statement. But I think there's this idea of the search for truth, the search for information, and the the fact is, whatever you get is not reliable and it's not useful and it's not pertinent and it's not going to be on target and it doesn't belong to you. And you're a monster. If you attempt to do those sort of things and whatever you get is going to be useless to you and you might as well kill yourself because you don't deserve to be on this planet anymore. That's what I'm saying. And um, I think that's what the film is saying. And, um, you know, Pascal Laurent is uh, on record after the fact of the film saying that one of the inspirations for the film is a quote from H.P. Lovecraft, which says horror is a genre that is against the world. And uh, I think to an extent, uh, the new French extremity uh, generally and Martyrs in particular is a film that is against the genre of horror, even though I love the genre and I have a great appreciation for it in, in so far as it, it, it's a search for the transcendent moment or it's a search for uh, this idea of this ideal woman, typically, who's experienced these kind of things and not really reckoning with what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a human, and what it means to be suffering. And uh, I think that the film is putting all that sort of stuff on the table and saying, there's a real problem here, and we need to reckon with real life, real world suffering in a more legitimate fashion. And so the the film sort of uh, puts into question the idea of vicarious suffering, suffering, uh, taking someone else's suffering, and uh, using it for your own purposes. But at the same time, it goes ahead and legitimizes the idea of putting suffering on screen so that one understands its reality and its real effects. And it, 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 in order to uh, gain a sense of empathy and sympathy uh, for what's going on, and I think that's valuable. And so, insofar as we see, again, Lucy's suffering and the sort of brokenness that she has to endure in the first half of the film, we have to say, oh my goodness, yes, it must be terrible for that kind of person. We must do everything we can to help them and uh, help them find some way forward in that. Also, those cycles of violence are not going to be helpful in, or in order to do that. And finally, um, in order to use violence in some way to find transcendence is not going to be effective. I think that's all good and excellent, but it's also very complex and uh, complicated. And so, therefore, I find it to be a very, very interesting film and very much worth your time. So, let's move on, though, and let's go ahead and render those verdicts about this film. Shell for Trashes, Else, or Insteads. I'm very excited to hear what you guys have to say. I'm going to go to you first, Caleb. What do you say? Shell for Trash, Else, or Instead? Yeah, I... I... Like I said, I don't really think I, I can – I appreciate – I'm like you. I appreciate this film, but I can't think of a single person, even like really diehard horror fans, who I, I would just absolutely recommend this film to. It's just not – I don't know. For me, I don't know if it adds enough. It's it's real, well told. I, I like a lot about it. I appreciate about it. But I just don't know if, it, if it, it's, it's doing things so groundbreaking that I feel like everyone has to watch it or every horror fan has to watch it. So I'm not going to watch it again. I'm probably I wouldn't lend it out to friends. Therefore, I've got to say trash. That doesn't mean it's worthless. It doesn't have value. But uh, I'm never going to watch it again. Nor am I going to you know push other people to check it out. So uh, instead, I would actually recommend Darren Aronofsky. A lot of Darren Aronofsky. Oh, Requiem no. for Requiem for a Dream, uh, which is a movie I, I appreciate a lot. Absolutely a one watch. Uh, exactly. It's a one watch. It's beautiful. It has an experience. But uh, if you haven't watched that, watch that instead. Because I think that one serves as a great drug PSA. Uh, watch The Fountain if you're really into the spiritual the spiritual aspects of this film. Because that's another film that is very uncomfortable and deals with, with loss and pain in a lot of really deep, really deep, feely ways. Um, and uh, lastly, just because I thought it uh, had a, kind of a cool aesthetic, I still still recommend uh, The Neon Demon from earlier this year. Uh, we talked about that on Back to the Movies. It's a fun listen. Uh, go check that out. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's about all I got. All right. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Caleb Masters. Mr. Donald Stewart, what do you say? Shelf trash, else, or instead? You like the way I'm swaying, don't you? Like I I'm do. Like a blues guitarist. Uh, <laughs> I am going to say shelf this. Um, I think it does add enough to the conversation, Caleb. I think it is... Again, I'm not going to watch this movie any fucking time soon, but I'm really glad that I watched it. Uh, I think it is a very powerful film. I think it, it says a lot of things that are very interesting. Uh, I, I think there is so much teeming under the surface of this film. Um, th there is no text in this film. It is mostly subtext. But I think that subtext is so powerful and so interesting that you're going to find a lot of different things to take from it. Um, and I think it's incredibly worthwhile, and I really appreciated the way that it interrogates uh, violence on film, but it's 
specifically violence against women in horror films. Um, so I am going to say Shelf, absolutely, and I'm going to recommend with it some other films we've talked about on this show that definitely interrogate uh, violence against women. Uh, and th- those are the films Compliance, uh, The House of the Devil, uh, both of which are from the very, very early days of this program. Uh, and a more recent discussion from last October, uh, Rob Zombie's The Lords of Salem, which is an incredibly silly film at times, uh, but has a wonderful last 20 minutes and I think definitely does in- interrogate the not only violence against women, but cycles of violence. And I think it interrogates... Uh, the same thing we're talking about, which is trying to use someone else for your own enlightenment and your own ends and your own desires. I think it interrogates all of those things very interestingly. Uh, lastly, I would definitely recommend, which I've mentioned already, uh, you check out the Faculty of Horrors discussion uh, about the new French Extremity. It's their most recent episode as of the time of this recording. Um, they talk about uh, both Martyrs and a Belgian film that I was not very familiar with. Uh, I cannot... Re- call the title of it but the it's color of your body's tears perhaps no not at all okay uh it's uh french for calvary um as in golgotha uh but i can't recall that french word off the top of my head um I don't know but that. it sounded very yeah it sounds very like a very interesting film but uh the faculty for are uh some of the smartest podcasters around uh they're doing some very similar things what we do over here uh and i think they might be better at it than we are and i'm okay with that i accept that i know who we are uh, they are amazing, and uh, it's it's a really great discussion about this film and really colored my understanding of the film. Um, and I would also recommend you check out Alexandra West's book, The New Films of the New French Extremity. Uh, so that is what I have to recommend, Dustin Sells. Uh, what you got, bud? So, um, Trashin, you got recommends. I'm going to also say Shelf, because I do think it's an important conversation uh, to be had about violence, about cinematic depiction of violence, and uh, sort of raising some of the questions about what we're doing when we watch horror, and wrestling with some of the ambiguity and uh, contradiction therein. Uh, my recommends are going to be uh, also Alex West's book and uh, the episode of The Faculty of Horror, but in addition to previous episodes of uh, The Good Trash Genre Cast and the films that accompany them, because I think those films also wrestle with this question of violence and transcendence, uh, the first of which is Hellraiser from Clive Barker, uh, which is absolutely a conversation. Oh, isn't it, though? Isn't it, though? Yeah, yeah I guess. I think it, this is a more interesting film by oh, a long shot. Uh, fair enough. And then uh, Barbarian Sound Studio. Fuck yes. Because, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, yeah, because... What's this, No Event Horizon, Dustin? Fuck no, off. <laughs> Get out of here, Event God. Horizon. Hey, there's a basement here. Um, Caleb, I want to see you in there in a little bit um, because of uh, Event Horizon. But moving right <laughs> along. <laughs> moving right along, those are my selections and recommendations. We'd love to hear yours, dear listener, uh, concerning all of those things in the future. Now we got to talk a little bit about next week. So, uh, continuing our Shocktober marathon, we are going to continue with the heavy hitters, and we're going to move into John Lannis' American Werewolf in London. I have been wanting to talk about this movie for so long. Confession. On this show. You haven't seen it? Never. You were in for a fucking treat. Never once. Not ever in the history of ever. It is amazing. So, we're going to look at that. We're going to have a conversation because it's not about how much you like it. It's not about how good it is. It's more than 90 minutes and a bucket of popcorn, guys. It's about the conversation that follows. Keep watching. We'll keep talking. And we'll see you all next time. The Good Trash Genre Cast is produced and edited by Arthur Gordon. Direction by Dustin Sells. Social media by Alexandro Bohannon, Caleb Masters, and Dalton Stewart. Our intro and outro is Night Call by Kavinsky and Lovebox. We are also proud to feature music from Deer Tick this week on the program. For more information on this episode of the Good Trash Genre Cast, as well as the rest of the Good Trash Media family, please visit goodtrashmedia.com.